You're listening to the Employment Rights Online podcast, where we discuss everything employment rights and the job. Hi everyone, we hope you are keeping well as we try and focus our way out of this worrying pandemic. Now, if you've been listening to the podcast for the last two weeks, you'll know that we've been focusing on the often hidden topic of age discrimination. In last week's episode, we looked at age discriminatory comments expressed by work colleagues in a social media group and how those comments led to the dismissal of one person from their job. This week, we're still looking at age discrimination, but this time we look at age discrimination in recruitment and selection processes because it is still against the law or the Equality Act 2010 in particular, to fail to recruit someone because of anything to do with their age or a belief or bias of the recruiter that the person is too old or too young for a particular job. Most of the cases that come to Employment Tribunal tend to be cases from older workers. And that's because younger workers tend to be the age group that don't have all their employment rights information connected up to a point where they would know the steps to take outside of their workplace to take action against their employer. This tends not to be the case for older workers because older workers are more likely to have gone through their employment lives with some degree of understanding about trade unions and external bodies like ACAS or the Citizens Advice Bureaus or law centres and the roles that these agencies can play in supporting workers to challenge unfair treatment at work. So in this week's episode, we're going to look at a case that recently went to an employment tribunal and was finally settled a couple of weeks ago. So in this recent case, the NHS who, let's face it, should have known better given all the employment rights resources at their disposal. Well, the NHS was found guilty of age and sex discrimination against a 50-year-old man who was rejected for a job because the recruiter felt he didn't fit in with the younger millennial women who already worked in the department. And this is despite this male candidate being the highest scoring candidate for the job. And to make matters worse, the recruiters then awarded the job to a much younger and inexperienced female candidate. And here's where the recruiters showed their naivety in thinking that it's okay to say what you want to who you want without any recourse to the impact and the implications of those statements. It's reported that the head recruiter, who was a doctor and a millennial, told the man that he would not be awarded the job because she, the doctor, would feel uncomfortable asking a much older person to do mundane tasks, particularly as the man had an 11-year-old daughter. The Employment Tribunal, however, 
didn't see her point of view and instead saw the doctor's comments as representing a form of conscious or unconscious bias against the age of the male candidate. And also that given the doctor's stance and the stance of the other recruiters on the panel, some or all of whom described themselves as female millennials, then there was a much more likely probability that the direction of the man's interview and the direction of the decision-making about who should get the job would focus on who was the best person to fit in with them rather than who was the best person for the job. The tribunal found in favour of the male candidate felt that he had been discriminated in terms of his age and because of his sex and he was awarded £7,580 in compensation. Now, right at the very beginning of our starting this podcast, in fact, in episode two of the podcast, we talked about the fact that your employment rights start even before you begin working for your employer. And that's still the case. Your employment rights begin as soon as your prospective employer perspective because you might just get the job. Your rights begin as soon as your prospective employer decides to place an advert to recruit a member of staff. Once an employer enters into a recruitment and selection process, basically selecting from applications and interviewing people for a job, the Equality Act 2010 places a legal duty on that employer to act with fairness and transparency and you should read that as applying an equal opportunities policy or at least equal opportunities principles throughout the recruitment and selection process to ensure the best person for the job is recruited and those principles must, not may, but must be applied to everyone who belongs to a protected characteristic group. And episode two of the podcast talks about the nine groups and characteristics that are protected under the Equality Act. And these are age, which we've been focusing on for the last three episodes, disability, gender reassignment, marriage and civil partnership, pregnancy and maternity, race religion or belief, sex, and finally, sexual orientation. Collectively, these groups and characteristics are called protected characteristics. And the Equality Act 2010 protects people identified under these characteristics from being treated in any form of discriminatory way or being victimised solely because of their protected characteristic or in relation to anything to do with their protected characteristic. So for our male candidate, this means that as soon as the NHS placed that job advert, the NHS was bound by the legal duty under the Equality Act to treat this male candidate fairly, which means that the whole of the recruitment and selection process the employer was going to use should not have discriminated against that male candidate in any way or in any way against anyone who belongs to a protected characteristic group, which this male candidate did in terms of his age. 
The key point to note here is that the male candidate didn't work for the NHS. He'd only gone for an interview and yet he was awarded compensation by the Employment Tribunal. And that's because everyone who belongs to a protected characteristic group has protected employment rights under the Equality Act immediately as they enter into a formal process with an employer, which for the male candidate was when he submitted his application for the job. The NHS, who was the recruiter in this case, was then committed to abide by the law, in this case, the Equality Act 2010. However, the NHS, through the recruitment panel, committed an act of age and sex discrimination against the male candidate by treating him in a biased way during the interview process and then adding to the candidate's distress by appointing a younger female candidate to the job because that candidate, although not the best candidate for the job, would fit better with the younger millennial women who were already working in the department. What is also really extraordinary about this case is that it is notoriously difficult to prove discrimination in recruitment and selection cases because the difficulty in getting the evidence of discrimination in these cases cannot be overstated. In these types of cases, when you attend an interview and leave feeling that the interviewer crossed the line in terms of how you were interviewed or the questions you were asked or the reasons given for you not getting the job, when you feel that your interviewer crossed the line, candidates often don't know how to get the evidence they need to pursue a complaint against the company who interviewed them. But what can happen in some cases, as it did in this case, is that interviewers express their biased views during the interview process because they believe in what they are saying and believe their behaviour and comments will be taken in the right spirit, in air quotes. And they don't even think that their behaviour or comments could be interpreted as discriminatory. Fortunately for the male candidate, who is an older candidate, well, he acted quickly enough to secure the evidence of discrimination in his case. And he then took his case to a tribunal and he was able to win that case. If something like this has happened to you recently, then you should also consider taking legal advice from ACAS or a Citizens Advice Bureau or a law centre because you don't have a protected relationship with the employer as a candidate. You only have a protected relationship if you belong to a protected characteristic group that is protected from discrimination under the Equality Act 2010. And once you belong to a protected characteristic group and you believe the interviewer has discriminated against you because you belong to that protected characteristic group, then you do have a right to bring a complaint to an employment tribunal and not to bring a grievance because you don't have a protected relationship with an employer where a grievance would be investigated. And it's our view that even if you were to write a letter of complaint, 
you would very likely be alerting the employer to their discriminatory behaviour, which might make it more difficult for you to get the evidence you need if you then decide to bring a case to an employment tribunal. And that's it for this week. We hope you find something useful that you can work with in this week's episode. And please remember to let others know we are here by sharing our content and leaving us a review about the podcast on iTunes or anywhere else where you're listening and where you can leave a review. We would really appreciate you doing this because it will push the podcast up in the ratings so that other people can find us and get access to the information that we're sharing. Thanks for listening this week. Bye for now.